Yeah, I think we'll I think we'll 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 evaluate everything as we, you know, finish out these last four games, you know. Um, but I look I I think, you know, Andy's 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 done some good things. Um I think we've got to do a lot of other things around him to 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 help him and that includes, you know, us as a coaching staff putting everybody in better positions. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk to all in Saints. I uh, really do appreciate your time. Um, if you do not know, this show is indeed live. I know it's a little bit later than most shows that we do, but this was the only time today I can get opportunity to do a podcast, so I appreciate you all uh that are tuning into this live um i ask that as you file in you hit the like button and um if you're new to the channel uh i ask that you hit the subscription button uh and subscribe and if you are on the fence about it hopefully by the end of this show uh we'll change your mind about that um on this edition we're going to be talking about uh saints head coach dennis allen and his decision uh to roll with andy dalton uh going down the road still and um what does this actually mean um for some of you that probably just uh you know saw that clip that was uh dennis allen's uh latest press uh press conference uh talking a little bit about uh what they uh learned during the bye week uh some of the adjustments they plan on making going down the stretch uh the saints aren't mathematically out of the playoffs but i'm pretty sure everybody pretty much feels the same way i do at this point um it's a formality and the new orleans saints uh i guess they want to continue to uh you know go about their business as usual and in this case normally when people go about their business as usual is an indication of a good thing um in this case it's a pretty bad thing um and what i mean by that is 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 very very simple um this decision uh by dennis allen tells me two things It, it, it tells me two things number one I feel like somebody behind the scenes has given Dennis Allen a vote of confidence 
going down the stretch, which means that more than likely he's going to return to the New Orleans Saints as the head coach in 2023. I mean, to me, based on this decision, to me, I just feel like they already pretty much gave him that vote of confidence and all these different things that are excuses, in my opinion, are becoming justified by Saints trust. And I just think that there's indication that he's going to come back in 2023 another thing that this has taught me who that nation is um the saints have absolutely no faith in Jameis winston whatsoever um i'm just gonna be 100 um i don't think that Jameis winston gonna be coming back the next year i don't think that the saints want him back uh next year and i think that this decision actually pretty much sums it up because regardless to how you may feel about uh Jameis Winston rather you feel like you know he's a turnover machine or you feel like he just needs the opportunity and he'll be a really good starter you have to you have to admit um based on this season and having four games left and pretty much not making the playoffs you have to believe that this man deserves an opportunity to go out there and play all right even if it's not for the Saints uh you know to evaluate him at least allow him to put some positive stuff on tape and um the fact that the saints aren't even willing to do that um is it's a pretty much indication that you know they pretty much wash their hands with it and you know the more i think about it who that nation i'm gonna be real with you i had opportunity to kind of sit back and assess things today the more i think about it the more i feel like this dude was straight up sabotaged now, i'm gonna say that again i i feel that this dude was straight up sabotaged because here's the realization of it. Jameis Winston started this season. Well, let's go back to the offseason. Let's rewind. Let's go back. Let's go back. We go to the offseason, and the New Orleans Saints tried to do everything they possibly can to acquire Deshaun Watson. That includes move money around. That includes, uh, you know, going out to see him, you know, visiting with him, talking with him, or what have you. And Jameis was pretty much you know on outside looking in uh he was coming off ACL injury and you know he allowed the Saints to kind of do business and you know it didn't work out in the Saints favor they kind of just backed out the whole situation which looks like the best idea in the world right now based on how Deshaun Watson has been playing over the last couple of weeks but they end up circling back to acquire Jameis Winston and Jameis Winston in that regard tells you know showed me that he wasn't their first choice he wasn't the first choice at all now we fast forward to Jameis Winston playing in a game versus Atlanta we all know how that turned out they started off a little rough and he ended up you know facilitating the comeback then the following week you understood like the dude was dealing with back pains and all that kind of stuff right so you knew that the dude was had had four fractures in his back you knew that dude was hurt, but instead of you taking that into consideration like you've been doing everything else this entire season, you basically hung this dude out to dry. So to me, I just felt like the first line of trouble that the Saints found themselves in when it comes to Jameis Winston, it was grounds for them to yank him. And I just think that the whole Andy Dalton signing was, I don't, I'm pretty sure, I, I don't care what anybody says, they can deny it all day and night. Somebody pretty much 
promise this dude something. I ain't saying there's something big, but I, I'm I'm thinking like something maybe a possibility, and maybe it has something to do with Jameis Winston's past and them not being too sure about that. It probably made Andy Dalton like more comfortable about coming to New Orleans because he felt like he'd have a better chance because the first line of trouble, the Saints coaching staff, what they had was pretty much going to yank this dude. So I just feel like it's, it's just straight up sabotage. Like, because here's the reality. For every mistake and every bad game that Andy Dalton has played, the Saints always find a way to justify his playing. Like, they ain't talking about offensive line. They ain't talking about uh, route running. They ain't talking about bad catches. They ain't talking about none of that stuff. They're all they doing is backing it up with analytics and talking about what Andy doing pretty well. But I felt like if that's the case, then why wasn't this leash given to Jameis Winston? It just felt like the first line of trouble, the mistakes, the interceptions, you know, and you knew why, you know what I'm saying? He wasn't playing at a high level or playing like himself. But instead, you basically just use that as justification to try to roll with Andy Dalton. So for me, I just feel like based on the Saints still not like you could talk about analytics all day and night. They're not winning games. They're not winning games and they're not coming up clutch when it matters. So for you to continue to justify Andy Dalton's playing and basically saying, oh, man, the offensive line ain't this, the, the wide receivers need to help him out, this, that, and the third, you're continuing to do that, but I didn't feel like it was the same energy for Jameis Winston. It was like, okay, the offensive line, you know, he, he got sacked a couple of times, so, yeah, we're we going to go ahead and get him up out of here. So it just seemed like the first line of trouble that they found, it just seemed like to me they were just ready to yank the dude. So I think that this was their plan all along. Like, seriously, I, I really – I really feel like this was they playing all alone. I, I felt like the, the coaching staff, what they had on the, on the team, wasn't that confident in Jameis Winston in the first place. And they feel like maybe Andy Dalton was a little bit more coachable. And they're backing this up with analytics, which I just feel like it's just totally unfair um, because analytics don't always tell you the whole story. It, it don't. You know, like we can talk about people with high completion percentages and everything like that, but I mean, what did you actually earn? You lost. For example, back in the day, I want to say it was like 2015, the Saints uh, played against the Carolina Panthers. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Drew Brees was dealing with an oblique injury, right? So in comes backup quarterback Luke McCown. Luke McCown comes in. He goes 32 of 39, 385 yards, no touchdowns, one pick, right? So... He completed about 82% of his passes, but the Saints lost that game. So, I mean, you can talk about all these yards and all the uh, and everything and all these percentages, but what happened when it mattered most? You choked and you didn't win. So how is it that you can just give this guy the, the greatest vote of confidence and they still not winning? And yet the first line of trouble when it came to Jameis Winston, like you were just ready to dip out on the man. So I just feel like to me, they never trust this dude in the first place. Uh, they just they trying to make it seem like this dude injury is just so severe. But how is it that his injury is so severe? He's able to dress, but he can't play. So to me, I just feel like they wanted Andy Dalton as the starting quarterback the entire time. And they were just basically waiting for the bottom to drop in any way 
in order to allow Andy Dalton to be out there because they felt like he would be more easier. And honestly, it will be more lazy, you know, it'd be because it don't force them to really have to think outside the box. But you all see how this actually turns out. OK, you're not thinking outside the box. That's the reason why you're losing. That's the reason why you're not good, because you're trying to find something that is close to to Drew Brees or you think you can try to replicate the game plan. But there's something that is missing that you're not accounting for. Andy Dalton is not Drew Brees. So to me, I just feel like based on that alone, like this coaching staff is is incompetent because that is just straight up 100 percent lazy. Like you're willing to you're you're willing to allow a guy who basically isn't going to get you anywhere, let you go anywhere, let you go anywhere at all. Like he's not going to lead you anywhere. But you can run the offense that Sean Payton and Drew Brees has made famous, but you're willing because you know you're willing to sacrifice that instead of using a guy like Jameis Winston's skill set, maybe adding a little bit more of an offensive scheme in order for your team to be more offensively efficient. You you rather go with the original. So to me, on that, I just I just feel like these guys need to kick rocks just based on that. But I just feel like the dude got straight up sabotaged when I think about it. But I mean, I could be wrong. That's just my opinion. You know, I'm not, I don't, I'm not trying to change anybody's mind. I won't make that very, very clear. It just seemed like to me, like, I, I don't know. It, it's it's almost like you ever like went to a Pop Warner game and the coach, uh, you know, the coach has a son or something like that, or you know, he has like a you know a, another player or something like that, you know, in the first line of trouble. Maybe they had that little starter, you know, he probably end up like running down the field and he end up tripping and the ball fumbles and it rolls down, you know, but he never fumbles ever. You know what I'm saying? Or he, he rarely ever does it. But the first line of trouble, like, okay, man, we're going to get him in the game. We're going to put him in because, you know, it's the coach's son, you know, like, it's, it's you know, I want to put my son in the game. So I, I want to, you know, I don't want to just make it seem like it's a, you know, nepotism, but okay, this dude made a mistake, so let me put him in a game. It was my original plan the whole time. I was just waiting for the bottom to drop. So I just felt like that's what it was, the first line of trouble, no matter how – look, it, it could have been like something to me, you know, eat like super light. I just feel like this is probably the direction they wanted to go in the entire time. They ne- To me, they never wanted this dude. You know, I mean, the whole Deshaun Watson situation just tells me that. Gotta say I agree. Uh, might be a lot more productive on Sundays instead of watching the game if DA is back. Andy uh, still starting. Be prepared for more boring offense against the Falcons. Dennis ain't uh, ain't shoot. Uh, he really ain't. Uh, let's see. Four and ten this Sunday. Davis says fans are going to start voicing their opinions for the rest of this and next season by. Uh, staying home if Dennis Allen stays. You're talking a future gamble on a 50 to 75 percent field dome, Mrs. Benson. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, look, nobody is trying to spend their hard-earned money. I'm going. I'm going to continue to say this. I'm sound like a broken record. Nobody is going to spend their hard-earned money to watch a Dennis Allen-led Saints team. Like nobody is checking for that. Like this dude to me in one year. And one year's time has turned this team into one of the most boring, unexciting, uneventful teams that you ever going to going to see ever. And 
you know the sad thing about it is folks i know we use this we say this stuff a lot it becomes a cliche but a team is a reflection of their coach and when you look at dennis allen like there's nothing inspirational about him and yeah you know on the at the last game against tampa he's screaming on the sidelines he's dapping the guys up and he's showing fire and desire and stuff but at this particular point i just feel like look as much as these coaches try to pretend like they don't pay attention to what people are saying they do like you you human you know what i'm saying like it's it's impossible for you to not know what's really going on and one of the biggest knocks that we have on dennis allen is the fact that he's you know unexcited and unmo you know not motivational to, to us boring bland vanilla conservative and all of a sudden now you want to go up here like you bill Cowell or, or you know saying some of these other codes like mike tice or something like come on man give me a freaking break nobody is buying this and honestly the morale is so low like there's no coming back from this it's no coming back from this like you can you can keep this dude around and you can just say oh it was a mistake um you know a lot of things going on which to me it's too much of this going on in in media in my honest opinion um a lot of people they 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 might throw a little something out there to make it seem like they call it like it is but I, i'm seeing a lot of stuff trying to justify this dude um a, as a coach and i i'm just not buying it like if you're not sitting up here telling people that this dude ain't it then honestly like you just basically just kind of save face or trying to save your reputation or maybe you you trying to stand within the circles that you already developed maybe you get a couple little news stories me personally you know what i'm saying i don't have to do that like that's that's the best thing about it you know me i don't have to do that i ain't got to go alone to get along and i ain't got to you know say uh mind my tongue because i'm worried about oh i can't talk to this person anymore like if you don't roll with me if you don't watch enough of my shows to know that i'm pretty objective then nah, man, i don't i don't need you on it you know what i'm saying but let's just call it for what it is like this dude is not good as a coach and we up here talking about injuries and we talking about all these different things but once again we seen this team early in the season when they had all hands on deck they were losing we seen this team when they was injured and they losing so we also even seen this team winning and giving up leads like we also seen conservative play coaches that uh seem like they way out of their league like we seen this stuff and for people just to try to blame it on injuries and start talking about you know comparing dennis allen um, approach to sean payton which is laughable it's funny you know what i'm saying to me you know i, I just think that that's just absolutely like ridiculous it's ridiculous man this obviously this dude isn't good like if it walks like a duck sounds like a duck waddles like a duck i mean it ain't a kodiak bear it's a duck this dude has had what a total of four years you know as a head coach in the national football league dating back to oakland and his high the highest most wins he ever had was four Stu never had a back-to-back -back win in his entire coaching career and yet the same thing that you saw in oakland are the same things that you're seeing in new orleans so i don't understand like how anybody can just sit up here and just say well you know it's the injuries and you know what i mean the saints have been dealing with a lot of stuff nah nah bro it's rather you got it or you don't and this dude doesn't have it like right as of right now as it stands right now on december 13 2022 this dude doesn't have it and i don't understand like what else do you need to need to see like what else do you need to see dude is not a good head coach period dude can coach my defense any day but as a head coach he's not good
So I, I just don't understand it. Like, I just think that people are trying to put a square peg into a round hole when you're trying to justify Dennis Allen. Like, look, it, even if I'm going to be honest with you, even if the Saints were losing and I seen like he wasn't just getting out coached, like bad, bad decisions down the stretch or, you know, what I'm saying not, you know, being aggressive. Like if I start like, seeing him like being aggressive and you know, better coaching decisions, I'd be like, okay. But the dude, like, when it comes to a coach that actually knows what they're doing, like a well-respected coach or something like that, like, dude, get out coached. John Harbaugh out coached him. Mike Tomlin out coached him. Kyle Shanahan out coached him. You know, like, for the exception, I want to say maybe Sean McVay as a credible coach, like, he getting out coached. And you know, like it just it's just not a good look, man. And like how you how is the Saints Trust gonna sell this dude once again in 2023 to the masses? I, I just don't know. I don't know how you do this. Like morale has not been this low in like over 20 years. Like, seriously. Like, I don't even think morale was this low in, in 2005 when Hurricane Katrina hit. Because honestly, I just felt like people were thinking about more things like where they gonna stay versus the Saints being three and thirteen. It is, it's bad, man. It's bad. And I just, I, I don't know how you can fix this. I, I don't, I don't know how you're going to fix this because bringing this dude back, you're basically saying like, okay, we're willing to sacrifice early ticket sales. Like, cause you ain't selling out. Like seriously, you, are, you ain't selling out. Like you got to give somebody, you got to give people something to invest in. Okay. Everybody ain't rich and living on a hill. Everybody ain't out there on Lakeshore Drive somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Like er people are making decisions, like you know, like putting money aside because they want to have an enjoyable experience. So ain't nobody gonna be sitting up here, you know, sacrificing. You know, I don't know that 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 new power tool kit or you know maybe that 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 you know that man cave that they were trying to make. Ain't nobody gonna sacrifice that to go sit up in those Saints uh, Superdome and watch the Saints you know, wet the bed week after week under Dennis Allen. It's just not happening. So you're willing to sacrifice that. Like, they cannot possibly believe. Like, you you got to be delusional. You cannot possibly believe that if you bring back Dennis Allen, that you still going to have the same ticket sales. You still going to have people packing the dome. People going to show up, but it's not going to be in droves like they did because you got to give somebody something to believe in. That's just the way that it goes. I don't care. Look. You, people that don't mean that you're not a saints fan i won't make that very very clear because somebody might make you know be on the indication you know be under the uh indication that i'm saying that no all i'm saying is look when you're making financial decisions you know what i'm saying you're making financial decisions it, it, it don't mean anything about your fandom at all like i can still root for the saints to say who that at home i'm just not about to be sitting up here spending all this money going to this game when i know more than likely like they gonna break my heart week after week after week like nah i'm good on it i'm good i mean i hope i i hope this is making sense to some the dome will be like it was when covid19 hit and there were no fans in the stands in 2020 uh that's the prediction in 2023 yeah if it is if it if it stays the way that it does yep p Carmichael michael is going to be a a bigger fall guy than lee majors in the all season for sure yeah, I definitely agree with that. He's going to be the fall, man, which, um, you know, that that's kind of like how it goes. You know, like if they want to keep a guy around 
two people that are probably going to end up going. If you're an offensive-minded coach, the defensive coordinator. If you're a defensive-minded coach, the offensive coordinator or the GM. It's going to be like somebody like that. But, you know, I just don't think that people are just going to buy it. You know, like Pete Carmichael, does he leave a lot to be desired offensively? Absolutely. But to say that Pete Carmichael is the problem, like 100% the problem, like the main guy, nah, nah. I think we all know that. I think we all know that. This franchise will be cursed for years to come because of how they treated and used uh, deception towards Jameis Winston. Well, I'll tell you what, if, if that's the case, then yeah, they it is going to be rough, you know, but at the same time, it's a business, you know, like it, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a business. I know sometimes like business uh, tactics sometimes can be a little bit cold, but I mean, that whole is better me than them type thing. You know, that's that's how people feel. And I, I do honestly feel like they pretty much never wanted this dude to pan out in the first place. Like if he would have like if he would have panned out like they I, of course they would have accepted it. But I just think for the, the first line of trouble that they saw. They they was willing to kind of, you know, like kind of kind of pull on, you know, what I'm saying yank the chain and, you know, what I'm saying get them off stage saying man, Sam style, uh, style. you know, I, I just feel like, you know, it, it's way more lax it's way more accommodating for Andy Dalton, no matter if he do, throw a touchdown or not, no matter if he performs well in the red zone or not. If he don't perform well in the red zone, they're going to be talking about his third down conversion rate. If his third down conversion rate sucks and he had two touchdowns in the game in the red zone, they're gonna be talking about them two touchdowns. It's just the way that it is, man. Like they, they will, they are going out their way to justify it. But it just seemed like to me, like the when it came to Jameis, when you know he didn't play so good, the mistakes were, you know, really amplified. You know, it was more on him. I know I like honestly, I, I've never seen as bad as I've seen some of the games and some of the decisions that Andy Dalton made, I've never seen Dennis Allen come out there and just say, Andy needs to play better or the quarterback needs to make decisions. Like it did when Jameis was hurt down the stretch and he started talking about, well, I've seen a couple of passes, you know, he should have got the ball in his hand at this particular time. I'm just saying. But it seemed like to me, like, okay, like if you're going to tell a story about one, you need to tell a story about everybody else. That's all I'm saying. That's all like go like and honestly, man. If you've been watching, if you've been watching the State of the Saints podcast, man, you know why I stand. I'm not gonna, I'm not just sitting up here just trying to like be a defender of Jameis Winston. I'm just calling him like it is. Like, go back and watch that, man. You tell me. Okay, man. Some of you, you know, you probably gonna feel like it's justified because you probably don't like the dude anyway. But all I'm asking, even if you are not the bigger Jameis Winston fan. I want you to go back and put this into perspective and put yourself in that position. Like, really, I'm like, seriously, don't smack your lips. Don't be like, man, whatever, TJ. Like, I'm serious, man. Like, really think about what happened. Some of the things that transpired, put yourself in that position. I don't care where it is. I mean, of course, none of us are quarterbacks in the National Football League. But put yourself in that position like, you know, if you working at a job for a good little minute, let's just say you working, you know, I don't know. Let's just say you working somewhere for like three years. All of a, you know what I'm saying? You're doing a good job or something like that. And then, you know, all of a sudden, I don't know, man, you had a bad day. You got into it with your your wife or your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend. And maybe, you know what I'm saying, it, it, you know, you came in and it wasn't the best day for you. It wasn't the best day. And 
it just so happened to be a day where the big wigs show up, right? And they don't see you at your best. You know, all of a sudden, like, you just go out there and just, you know, they be like, man, he's the supervisor? Now, I don't know about that, man. Uh, let me, what, what is the other guy? You know, like, who, who's, the, who's the assistant guy? Well, he's been here for I don't know how long, but he's a really good guy. Let's trade him with him. You know, like, how would that make you feel? Like, man, hold on, man, wait a minute now. Like, man, I just had a bad day, man. I've been grinding here for three years. I ain't never, I ain't never show up late. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm dealing with life problems and I'm being judged based on it. Like, how fair would that be if your job be taken away from you based on it? Like, you when you not at your best. That's kind of like what happened. Like, you knew. Like, in, in, in the super, let's just say the supervisor, you know what I'm saying, of the place is talking to the big wigs, and they don't defend you. Like, man, you know, I, I seen this guy work. Man, he's one of the hardest workers I got. You know, he's one of the best, you know, he's one of the best uh, workers we got. He ain't say none of that. He just kind of nod his head. Like, how would that make you feel? Like, I'm just saying, put yourself in that position. Sometimes it's, it's, it's easy for us to just sit up here and when we may be in favor of the, you know, of the opposition, you know, we just kind of like, okay, man, you know, whatever. But I'm just saying, put yourself in that position. You tell me if that's fair or not. The way things are going, or we might lose a lot of people in free agency. Roderick, thank you very much for the $5, man. I appreciate that. Um but yeah, I, I just feel like, man, it, it, something ain't right about that. I remember when my grandma and I went to the 2002 Panthers game in the Dome and the fans were booing Brooks for the uh, 2002 was an underrated, disappointing season. Well, you know, I mean, when you think about it in hindsight, it may not have been, a, you know, the worst idea in the world. I mean, Jake DeLone ended up going to Carolina. Um, or I don't know if you're talking about uh, Jake DeLone being in Carolina. I don't think he was in Carolina at that particular time. I might be mistaken. Uh, I don't know if he uh, was there or not, but um, if he if he was the backup, you know, at that time, then I can understand why people were born because Jake DeLone ended up, you know, taking Carolina to the Super Bowl, even though they lost to the New England Patriots. I mean, still. Uh, let's see. Hey, TJ, even Andy Dalton be looking mad on the sidelines when he be playing up and down and the team keep losing. Well, look, I mean, dude is passionate. You know, he passionate about the game. And I, look, I, I have no problem with Andy Dalton at all. Like, I, I don't. Like, I I just, my my biggest issue is, is people looking at this dude like he, like Joe Montana or something like that. Like, dude is about the most average quarterback that you can find. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is C-plus player right here. You know what I'm saying? This is the this is the epitome of a C. Average. You know, like, can you win with average? Of course. To me, Kirk Cousins is average. You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, Jimmy Garoppolo is average. You know, like, you have average quarterbacks that can make some plays and stuff like that. And we've seen throughout Andy Dalton's career that he can make plays. So, I mean, but he's only, he's, man, the dude is only trying to take advantage of the opportunity that's given to him. I mean, but it's boring like I, i'm it's just boring it's not fun to watch i mean it's just about a vanilla as baskin robbins ice cream man and i don't know man if look if, if i'm a if i'm gonna go down i would like to go down swinging i would like to go down being entertained all right we, we've we been through enough this season in the who that nation saints ain't making the playoffs they ain't winning nothing i mean at least we can go out here and make it interesting man i mean a triple reverse a or something, you know what I'm saying, that we can get excited about. 
I I don't know, man. It, it just is is boring quarterback play. And, and you know, and I, this is a person that feels like, man, if, if they run the football and it works, I'm, I'm all for it. But I'm just saying it's boring. It's boring because number one, it ain't really working. It's not working. Is is very it is it's just uninteresting man it's not it's not interesting at all it's it, it sucks so i mean i just man, i'm just saying un, unload the clip you know these make it interesting for those that you know that, that want to watch the game is it sucks some people might love it you know what I'm saying some people like boring football <laughs> uh that uh, first game when da and ad thought winston was hurt uh they were physically excited he went into the tent uh, when Winston came back out, both of their faces uh, frowned. Well, you know, at that particular time, I mean, it was it was they were playing pretty bad, so I think a lot of people's faces were frowned to, to, you know, to their defense on that. But yeah, I, I do agree that I mean, I, I do agree that. Um, I won't say I, I agree, but I just feel like man, it, it just they they would just they would they yank you know they yanked the carpet from under this dude too prematurely if you ask me they they did you know hey it is what it is uh i agree and we probably not getting mike t to take a pay cut if da is back you probably would because my michael thomas likes dennis allen a lot he likes him a lot so he might end up doing it marone is prehistoric you can say what you want about Doug Marone, but he fixed Cesar Reed. So with that alone, I give him credit for it. Like the offensive line, yeah, it, it's slow, you know, but you don't have Eric McCoy, Andrews Pete in and out of the lineup. Cesar Reed's been playing outstanding. Uh James Hurst is a is a career backup almost. And, you know, Trevor Pennant has been injured. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like he he he's He's still like in preseason mode, you know, like because I mean he hasn't really had opportunity to really practice and and for months because you know he had to be off of his feet, you know what I'm saying? So he has to like get in shape and you know kind of work on some things that he he could have you know have worked on if he didn't get injured. So just the fact that he fixed Caesar Ruiz to me is is a plus. Like it, it sometimes like you got to look at things and and be like okay. You know, what did that person do? You know, what did they do well? You know, you know, was them was that person by being here was beneficial in any way? It, I mean, him fixing Caesar Ruiz, I, I have to say it was. I, I have to say that it was. Interesting to know uh, who you would like to see uh, win at all, uh, being that we're out of it. Me personally, I'd like to see Jalen Hurts and Philly winning. Uh, to be quite honest with you, Man, I don't like none of these teams like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I hate the Cowboys. I hate the Minnesota Vikings. I don't want to say hate Minnesota Vikings. I'm not a fan of Minnesota. Not a fan of uh well, I'm a fan. Like, I, I like seeing Philadelphia play. I, I like seeing Philadelphia play, but I don't know, man. Like, just looking at these teams, like to me, like if the 49ers can end up going to Super Bowl, I wouldn't be mad at that. Like, I, you know, I I, I wouldn't be mad at that. Uh I, I like to see like a team like Detroit like ruin the the Dallas Cowboys season or something like that. They find themselves in a wild card game and they go out there. They ain't got no defense, but if they can go out there and like put up some points and you know catch a couple picks from Dak Prescott just to 
ripped the heart out of the Dallas Cowboy fans. I would love that. I ain't gonna lie to you. Um, yeah, I mean, San Francisco, you know, would probably be the team that I would look at and be like, okay, you know, I wouldn't be mad at. Probably be the only team in the NFC, personally. If the Detroit Lions found their way, like, you know, as a, you know, as a dark horse or something like that and pull off some type of miracle, I wouldn't be mad at that either. But, I mean, I like watching Philadelphia Eagles play. You know, I, I ain't gonna lie. I like seeing them play. They, they exciting. And, you know, they, they innovative, you know. They got a lot of talent on that team. A lot of the talent, you know, that they have come, from, you know, at our expense. And they probably gonna get somebody even more talented at our expense yet again. So, you know, but I like seeing them play. I ain't gonna hate, you know, because and I'm not gonna I'm not honestly gonna hate on the decision, you know, because I, I often say this if the shoe was on the other foot, like we would feel the same way Philadelphia Eagles fan feeling right now. You know, it ain't no fun when a rabbit got the gun. But I mean, I like watching them play. Uh wish we could have gotten a full season with Jameis. I'm always wonder what if he's never got hurt last year and this year. But I'm rooting for him wherever he goes. Uh, he deserves it, in my opinion. Yeah, the guy deserves the opportunity to, you know, continue to play. I, I just, I feel so bad for him because the last, it, the last visuals that you have is basically the things that people have, basically things that these talking heads have put on him. Like he's an unfixable quarterback. He's a turnover machine. You know, I just feel bad for him, you know, because he he didn't have opportunity to play when he was relatively healthier, starting to heal up. You know, I I, I mean, I feel bad for him. You know, if he would have played, if he would have played in that Atlanta game and played the way that he did, facilitating that comeback, and he didn't play the next week in Tampa, I mean, against Tampa, I think that it would have forced Dennis Allen's hand. It would have forced him, like if even if you know you can't justify Andy Dalton continuing to start because the last visual we had of Jameis Winston was him facilitating a four quarter comeback so that's that's why I said I feel like it's a little bit of sabotage here it's like it the last visual we had was him not playing at his best so for those that may be on the fence or not a fans of Jameis Winston at all it justifies him being on the bench because if he would have just played in Atlanta, you had no choice, but to say, okay, man, this dude need to come back and play because if you didn't, then you would look like the hater that you already are probably inside your heart. It would be out loud. And everybody knows that people don't like to be exposed. They don't like to be exposed, but we know that probably would have happened. You know, you would have had, you wouldn't have had, you would have had zero choice, but to, can see that this dude deserves to play but the last visuals you have is him stinking up the joint you know and now it's like well you see that's the reason why andy dalton's starting you know so there you go uh i like to see the ravens win it all nothing else lamar could uh force the ravens to open up the checkbook and make the bank bounce yeah i mean look I ain't got no problem with none of the AFC teams. I like to see Buffalo in the Super Bowl, man. I mean, look, they went to four, they went to four Super Bowls, didn't win one. I like to see them, you know, that their fan base deserve a lot. You know, they they seem they seem like a fun fan base. Wouldn't mind seeing uh Buffalo in the Super Bowl. Uh wouldn't mind seeing Joe Burrow go back to the Super Bowl, win one. 
Um, man, one mind Mahomes. You know, like man, look, I like the AFC teams. You know, I, I like them. You know, I, I like them a lot. Um, I think that they they got the best conference and all like all those teams that that are pretty much that in that playoff picture are, are pretty fun to watch. I mean, so I wouldn't mind any team in AFC. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind any any team. But I'm always like, if the Saints can't do anything, I'm always rooting for the underdog because I know how it feels to like root for a team and things just don't pan out and it just it just hurt for every single year. You know you ain't gonna go nowhere. You know I'm I'm rooting for the Jets. You know like man, these people are loyal and they love their team. And you'll like to see them have some level of prosperity. You'll like to see them have some level of prosperity. So, yeah, I, I'm always rooting for, like, the underdogs. This is the second black quarterback Allen has messed over. Says facts. Uh, I'm rocking with the Bengals and the Ravens. Uh, I would like to see Detroit in the Super Bowl. Mega Prime, who was the first quarterback? I can't stand them Cowboys. Their fans won't shut up. I hope they get eliminated from the playoffs. Well, they played the way they did against the Houston Texans. Man, the Houston Texans, I, I don't know what happened with that. They just realized, I, I don't know. Maybe they just realized they might lose their first first pick overall. And they was like, man, wait a minute, man. We're not supposed to be winning. We the Texans. And then they allowed Dak Prescott to facilitate a 98-yard touchdown drive. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Seemed, it was kind of funny to me. Jameis uh, was... Uh, a hell of rotten beans and wasn't given a real shot to make mistakes and learn from them yeah i mean look like i said they just yanked the carpet from them pretty quickly i mean look and i know some people might be looking at this and be like man tj you know i mean you know some of the episodes that you're talking about uh may be a little bit different and you know what i'm saying i i can you know what i'm saying i can concede to that because i think that i didn't really have an opportunity to really look at the whole like there's so much saints news coming around and sometimes you know what I'm saying some things can kind of slide under the cracks and when you don't have an opportunity to kind of sit back and assess the situation and i didn't but when i look at it i'm like i looked at the situation i put myself in that situation and i just thought about is that fair and i and honestly it's not it's not and it's not because it's and i'm not saying this because it's a rallying cry to start james winston I want to make that very, very clear. But what I'm saying is, it just seemed like to me, like the 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 carpet was yanked from underneath him pretty quickly, and it was more about you know what I'm saying like pointing out his limitations versus pointing out Andy Dalton's limitations. I, like I don't really see the Saints pointing out Andy Dalton's limitations. Like even if like I'm telling you, if he struggles in the red zone. They're going to start talking about his third down conversion rate or a wide receiver dropping a pass or, you know, it's always something. I I, I never like see like I'm talking about some of his worst performances. Like we all heard it. Like even with the Arizona Cardinals, like this dude come out here, throw two back to back pick sixes and he comes out and says, what? Keep on doing what you're doing. Keep on doing what he's doing. Like so it just seemed like to me, like regardless of how bad he plays or how mediocre he plays or whatever happens. It just seemed like, okay, man, we're going to roll with him no matter what. You know, it's almost like that, that movie Draft Day and, you know, Kevin Cosner played the GM for the Cleveland Browns and um, 
you know, Chadwick Bozeman, who played the linebacker from Ohio State, uh, you know, Mac, uh, and you know, like he had on a piece of paper, you know, like on the, one of the papers, like Mac, no matter what. I just feel like it's the same way with Dennis Allen and Andy Dalton, like Andy Dalton, no matter what. You know, that I, that's I don't know. Like I said, just put yourself in that position. You tell me if it's right or wrong. Uh, Dewan, can you imagine the Lions winning the first Super Bowl since the Bobby Lane curse? Uh, the uh, this these people in Michigan, Detroit, and even Toledo, Ohio, uh, which is close to Detroit, would go nuts. Yeah, they would. Yeah, everybody remember like the curse of Bobby Lane for those that may not know. Uh, Detroit Lions back in the day traded their star quarterback Bobby Lane <laughs> to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he wasn't very happy about it. And uh, he said, you know that the Detroit Lions will never win the Super Bowl. <laughs> so they call that the curse of Bobby Lane for all my, my, my young, you know, viewers of, of the show and maybe not as, uh, you know, in-depth with the, his, the historical significance of that. Uh, let's see. I hope the Saints get a DTR uh, as a quarterback. Uh, let's see. AFC is more talented in height, uh, but the NFC Eagles are widely considered the best team in the NFL. There's always a balance. Well, there's not much balance between the NFC and the AFC. What you have is the Eagles uh, pretty much beating up on a, a pretty bad NFC. Like, it's pretty bad here. But the AFC, you know, I mean, they're they pretty talented. You know, they're pretty talented. Like, like um, you can talk about the Minnesota Vikings, but the Minnesota Vikings, to me, they remind me of the Steelers, I want to say last year, a year before last. They went like 11-0 and 0 or something like that. And then they end up, yeah, no, nah, it was the year before last because Baker Mayfield played them in the playoffs and they end up like beating them boys into submission. Like it was like 38 to nothing almost in, in the game. So, you know, that's kind of what Minnesota reminds me of. You know, sometimes like in, in the NFL, it's, it's better to be lucky than good. Like sometimes you need that, you know, things to go your way. You know, sometimes, you know, you might have a season where, you know, you might double doink and the ball might fall into the back of the you know the goal post and it's good then you have those seasons where they double dunking it and it kicks out you know sometimes you you have to have a little bit of luck you know in order you know to win some of these games you know like even last year like last year the detroit lions were in pretty much every game they were in they were just you know what can you do when justin tucker kicking 67 yard field goals like what can you do um you know when you know, Aaron Rodgers facilitating last minute drives and stuff like they would. It was coming down to one possession and they were losing. But this year it's coming down to one possession and they're winning. I think they won like nine games. Like, no, they I think it was like, oh, not nine games, but they won like a, quite a few games. Like when it came down to uh, final possessions and they won the majority of. Them. So, you know, I, I sometimes you need the ball to bounce the way it, it needs to go. And. They're getting some lucky bounces this year. TJ video shows that Jameis uh, catches his receivers in stride while Andy Dalton doesn't have to stop uh, to stop football in, in the jar at a time before they catch it, and these are the facts. Well, that is true. You know, like, do I feel like, you know, Jameis Winston can, you know, catch Chris Olave in stride? Yeah. Do I feel like uh, Chris Olave, like, to me, if Jameis Winston – to me, if Jameis Winston was the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, like, and he didn't get hurt, like, it, it wouldn't even be 
look, I'm not saying that the Saints record wouldn't be the same because look, I still don't believe these coaches can coach anybody. I just feel like I just feel like they just gonna always get in their own way. But I feel like if Jameis Winston was a quarterback, it would be like without a shadow of a doubt that Chris Olave is the offensive rookie of the year. Like the Saints ain't even really tapping into Chris Olave's full skill set. The last time Jameis Winston played with Chris Olave before he got yanked, Chris Olave almost had 200 yards receiving. I don't know if y'all remember that or not. And he should have had 200 yards receiving, you want to be honest with you. You know, like, because he caught a pass down the field. I think he ended up dropping it or fumbled out. I don't even remember. But it was something of that magnitude. Like, he almost had, like, 200 yards receiving. So, you know Jameis Winston was going to add that thing out to him. So all these 60-yard games and 70-yard games that they had, like, this dude probably would be at 1,000 yards right now. He probably would have, like, five or six touchdowns, and it would leave very little doubt that he would be offensive rookie of the year because he'll be getting the majority of the targets. So I do feel like, yeah, that, that's probably it. But, yeah, we man, it's, it's no question that uh, Jameis Winston has better arm talent than, than Andy Dalton I just feel like Andy Dalton is more of a sure thing you know what I'm saying it's like it's like knowing the rules of a game in Vegas right like if you go to a crab table you know you know how craps work right you know what I'm saying like but if you go over here to this this game right here you're not too sure about I don't know about this you know what I'm saying I'm pretty sure that I can learn this but it's probably gonna take me some time and I don't want to you know what I'm saying get gypped I'll be winning and they don't tell me, you know, like something like that. So I just feel like Andy Dalton is, is more of a sure thing and they're comfortable with that. And maybe they're like, well, I feel comfortable with saying this. They're afraid to think outside the box. And I don't feel bad about saying that because their coaching kind of reflects that. So I just think that Andy is more of a sure thing and it doesn't allow them to think very hard, you know? Sometimes you're playing the Saints in the playoffs and Kyle Rudolph pushes off in the end zone for a touchdown. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, sometimes you need those calls. Sometimes you need that luck. Uh, 49ers, the type of team that doesn't need an elite quarterback, just a smart game manager. Yeah, I mean, look, they they went in with, uh, with Purdy. You know, like Mr. – I don't call that man Mr. Irrelevant because if you're in the NFL, look, you're relevant. You know what I'm saying? You're relevant because you, you got to a point – that a lot of us, you know what I'm saying, wish that we were, you know, in or th- thousands of other players wish they were in. So I'm not going to talk about that, man, like that. Uh, but, yeah, you know, like if you have the right coach, he's going to put his, his team in a position to succeed. And uh, Kyle Shanahan is a really good coach. And um, he's showing it because he's showing that no matter how average a quarterback is, um, no matter how mediocre he is, he's still winning with him. So our season was doomed when uh, we let CD Deuce go for a bag of laid chips. Yeah, you got to ask, man. You got to ask, was that the best decision in the world? Because a lot of the fire and passion left with him. So, TJ, this idea of Sean Payton and Tom Brady coming to New Orleans next year is ridiculous. It would not end good uh, for the organization to have to screw uh, old James. Yeah, look, man, I, I ain't buying it. I'm not buying this uh, Tom Brady, Sean Payton to New Orleans thing. I, I mean, I just don't. Look, look, Tom Brady is basically making it off reputation right now. People aren't really just 
you know, telling him he needs to retire because of all the things that he's done. But Tom Brady looks washed, and I don't care what anybody says. Like, you may not want to have this conversation, but I will. And this isn't sour grapes. Like, the dude is not as good as he once was. I ain't saying he fell off a cliff. I still think he better, you know what I'm saying, he better than, you know, uh, quite a few quarterbacks in the league. But us sitting up here, you know what I'm saying, trying to, like, you know, oh, man, we need Tom Brady. Like, come on, man. Like, I, I just think that the Saints need to go in a different direction. We it, it, They just need to go in a different direction. Like, if you're going to start over, let's start over. Let's get the quarterback that you feel like is the future of the franchise and let's put some things around him in order for him to succeed and let's put a coach around him that make sure that you put the right offensive scheme and defense around him in order for him to be successful that that's all i'm saying like let's stop wasting our time and and trying to look at the mike whites and the and the and the mac jones of the world you know what i'm saying the ones that's mediocre we feel like oh man we you know come to us and Maybe they'll play a little better. Look, no, man, get your guy and let's just let's make it work. You know, let's, let's make it work. Instead of just sitting up here trying to dig in the crates and, you know, sweat to the oldies like Richard Simmons, like bringing in Andy Dalton and trying to bring in Tom Brady. Like, man, let's just get ourselves a young, as they say, whippersnapper. And, you know, let, let's go from there. Like trying to keep on trying to hold on to the past and trying to find people that, you know, that resemble Drew Brees, that think like Drew Brees, that you know, calling plays that you think Drew would like. Like, come on, man. Like, let's just find somebody that, that's going to be out there that you can build an offense around and make it his team. I, I just think that that's the issue. There's too many Peytonisms and, and Breezeisms around this thing. Like, we're not taking into account how special those guys are. And you should because – you know, you're seeing that the coaching staff is dropped off and the quarterback player dropped off. And, and you're realizing that these guys don't grow on trees. So now that you know that they don't grow on trees, how about you go out there and try to find, you know, how about you go out there and find some seeds and plant your own tree? Got to go keep telling the truth, TJ. Keep the fake, guys. Yeah, I'm about to go as well, man. I'm going to read a few more, then we're going to get up out of here. Um, Let's see. Uh, Brady is going to keep fooling around and the game is going to retire him yeah i mean look tom brady to me you know i i don't, I don't heck man the hell with it i just feel like tom brady's just playing around because he got this newfound freedom seriously and i think that tom brady here's the reality tom brady retired for 40 days and 40 nights and he realized that no matter how great you are, no matter how special you are, the game keeps going. It keeps going. Like, they, they gave him his, his send-off, and they did the highlights and all that kind of stuff there. But after that, it was time to move on. And it was time for us to find another face of the franchise or the face of the NFL. And they start really being heavy on the Josh Allen and really heavy on the Patrick Mahomes. And then Brady was at home, like, realizing that, hey, man, shoot, the, the game moves on. You know, and you know, there's a chance that I might not be relevant again, you know? And I think that that was the one of the main issues. Then on top of that, now you got this newfound freedom. You know what I'm saying? You got divorced. You know what I'm saying? You in Florida. You know what I'm saying? You sliding in, 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 you know, girls' DMs and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? They 
you're getting that attention you know i mean when you out there you're the star quarterback of a team you know what i'm saying that, that's appealing when you're the former retired quarterback you know like yeah you know what i'm saying you still gonna get some play but ain't nothing like you know what i'm saying like you know going out there playing the game and stuff like that so i, I just think that 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 played a huge role in him coming back you know you know the fact that he just realized that the game moves on without him tj i'm enjoying my new smart tv is a 55 inch uh roku smart tv and i love it well that's great man and and, and thank you for the commercial announcement right there i'm pretty sure fine folks at roku really uh would appreciate that <laughs> but yeah now nah, all jokes aside man i'm glad you're enjoying your television i'm glad you're enjoying your television ain't nothing like a a great television you know what i'm saying like uh man you know so in our house man we got a you know we got a, a television in a, in a living room man i love it you know what i'm saying it's a smart tv and man it just is just something about a tv like watching a game on a on a nice side 55 65 75 inch tv or even like if you got a 32 inch man if it got some good quality on there it's nothing like it um yeah man i mean look i'm real big on i'm real big on that type of stuff like smart tvs and stuff you know pretty cool man pretty cool stuff i'm gonna stroll down and read a few more uh the Peyton turner uh draft pick made me mad the night and i'm still mad at it today you know you know the crazy thing about this is why i'm thinking about it and i appreciate you saying um bring this up nestle but it just made me think about something you know everybody talking about uh well sean payton he got out of dodge because he's seen this thing falling and he just you know he's a smart guy i think i seen i, I heard colin kyle her say this he got out of dodge now that's what we're not accounting for is if the saints are going in a bad direction and they ain't got much to choose from it's his fault you know what i'm saying like like seriously yeah like you can talk about mick and loomis all freaking day and night but let's just be let's just keep it a buck we are, we know that sean payton is just as instrumental as selecting these players and bringing these guys in as mick and loomis so when people just sit up there and just pretend that the saints don't have the the franchise quarterback they 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 don't have you know the the uh, a young running back they didn't have the guy that can come in to replace michael thomas or be that number two guy that don't fall at the feet of sean payton is just absolutely ridiculous like seriously so oh he don't want to come back to this what you don't come back to the mess that you made or are you helped to make that that makes no sense like i get it right i get it i completely understand sean payton uh leads the saints he made them a legitimate franchise they looking bad right now just makes them look even more better uh as a as a coach because it just seemed like oh everything goes to you know what when you're not here but come on man like you was instrumental at drafting payton turner you was instrumental at drafting marcus davenport you was you know instrumental at not selecting a quarterback or trying to look at a quarterback you was like oh the quarterback you know you got Taysom hill you got Jameis winston oh you know drew might be here for a good little minute so you, you you did all these things but people sitting up here acting like he was he was gone for three four years no the saints are in this position because of you so you know, like come on man like we you seen 
he's seen the bottom dropping out. Like the bottom dropping out because you did it. Like if the bottom dropping out, guess what? You ever seen one of them cartoons and you know, they got the guy, you know, one of them cartoon characters, they get the saw and be sawing the boat and putting a hole in the boat. That's kind of like what he did. Like, bro, if Mickey Loomis' hand was on the saw, like cutting on this side, you was over here cutting on this side. That you know, and now the boat has sunk. So if that's if that's justification for you not coming back, then honestly, that makes you a a coward. Like seriously, like it makes you just like, man, I care more about my reputation uh you know then then his team or whatever like that did my reputation on the line because that's why i feel you know I, I just feel like you know you don't have a franchise quarterback you had drew Brees all those years and now you're looking at a reputation because now you're sitting up here talking about whether he's looking for a team that's already have an established franchise quarterback well the saints don't have an established franchise quarterback is because you didn't do your due diligence or you wasn't adamant enough about trying to find drew Brees' successor you you basically were just out here trying to find projects that you can actually try to you know fix and you know and all that kind of stuff but you wasn't accounting for the fact that maybe some of those projects may not be able to work out so i, I mean this this whole like he, he left and he seen what was coming like okay if you saw that what was coming you made it this way I mean, am I right or am I wrong? Like, seriously, like, how can you sit up here and give this dude a pass? Like, oh, you know, I can, I can look if, if Sean Payton was like a, a, a two year or three year coach and he had two or three years of success and he tried to get up out of here, I can understand that. Okay, to a certain extent. But you've been here for 15 years as a head coach and we all know about the relationship that you and Mickey Loomis have and how instrumental, well, how, how cooperative you are with one another from make bringing in a white the the right wide receiver that can accommodate drew Brees' skill set to the towels that you have inside of the stadium this is what he said so if the saints aren't successful and they don't have a franchise quarterback and you're saying hey you know like the saints ain't got no franchise quarterback well duh your fault you're responsible for that you know like so i don't know you can't you can't sit up here and take your ball and go home and try to pretend like you didn't take your ball and go home. They don't work like that. Like I would, I would like you can say what you want about Bill Belichick. You can say whatever you want about Mike Tomlin. The reality is this: when those guys lost their franchise quarterback, they didn't dip out. They didn't quit. They ain't say, "Oh man, that's that's it for me." You know what I'm saying? God bless. Good night. They ain't hit you with the Russell Simmons on Def Jam you know i mean people talking about man you know sean payton was burnt out man miss me with that miss me with that miss me with that okay look i get it i get it i completely understand but me personally i ain't got a dog in the fight reality is this this dude straight up dipped out on his team and i'm gonna say this and i'm gonna continue to say this i've been saying this for months if sean payton comes back and coaches another team when this team looking as abysmal as it is right now i'm telling you a lot of people are going to really turn on sean payton because now you're looking like okay man sean get your rest get your mental health straight get all this stuff straight get it get yourself together you know but it'll be one thing if sean payton did this and the saints were winning if he comes back to the league and the saints are losing 
it's pretty much going to concede what I already know and a lot of members of the, who that nation already know that you just didn't want to coach this team no more. It, I mean, look, you can put as much nuggets as you want to out there as you want to. If you wanted to be here, you would have been here. And there are a lot of individuals within the NFL and the insiders that have already said that you had your eye on that Miami Dolphins job. You know, like, I'm just saying. Like, so you already tried to dip out, didn't work out. That kind of helped you save face, to be honest with you. Brian Flores kind of, to me, Brian Flores kind of saved the reputation of Sean Payton as the head coach. Because can you imagine watching this team go four and nine, four and nine, and Sean Payton coaching somewhere in Miami and they have a winning record. I'm telling you, like, it's a fine line between being a hero and the villain. And right now he's not the villain because he's not in football. But if he goes and he tries to coach somewhere else when this team, like, really needs him the most, I'm telling you, like, a lot of people that, that like, man, has levels of respect for Sean Payton, it might, it might be in question. Might be in question. You're right, TJ. Uh, Sean Payton and Gail Benson are the reason the Saints never got a young gun to replace Drew Brees in New Orleans. I ain't blaming uh, Gail Benson because, honestly, Gail Benson is just a figurehead at this point. Um, she's a nice lady from everything that I've seen. I mean, look, she ain't, she ain't, like, really involved in the Saints' decision-making like that. Like, you know, it, when it comes to personnel – like it's up, it's up to Mickey Loomis, uh, Jeff Ireland, Sean Payton, you know, guys like that in order to get the right quarterback in there. So I'm not going to put that at the feet of, of Gail Benson. Cause I mean, I, I really just don't sit up. I, I really don't believe that Gail Benson sitting up here just th- talking about personnel decisions like, like, like Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton would. So I'm not, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that about, it. I'm not going to put that at her feet. Supposedly, they offer everything uh, they could to keep him, including a year off, and Sean declined that off. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard about that, man. Shouts out to, uh, man, shouts out to, uh, I want to say, oh, man, who said that? I want to say Nick Underhill said that um, about that, you know, about uh, they tried to uh, give him, like, all these different perks and stuff like that, and he didn't want to, you know, agree to it. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, Peyton going to to coach the Chargers. Uh, they better give us some first round picks. Look, at best, you know, like you still picking in the teens. So how impressive is how impressive is that? Like, what you gonna get? Like, you you, you might be able to get your, your quarterback. Uh, you know, maybe you know get a better a better chance at getting Hendon Hooker. I, I don't know. You know, I still feel like you probably could get Hendon Hooker in the second round. Uh, but I don't know. You know. Sometimes first round draft picks work out. Sometimes they don't. Um, yeah, you know, like it, if you, if you trade Sean Payton, yeah, you want to get the best that you possibly can for him. But I mean, who's to say that maybe the Chargers may be one decision? Maybe a team that's close in the top five might be another decision. Sean needs a real uh, separation uh, from coaching. Stepping away will do it. Um, I, I don't know. I'm I'm just not buying it. 
Gail Benson signs the check, so she should have have some say so over everything uh, aspect of the Saints. I mean, of course she has the the say so. Of course she does. I mean, but man, Gail Benson don't know more about football than these other guys. I'm pretty look. I'm pretty sure she does uh, know football. You know what I'm saying? Like she has to. Like, but I mean, I don't think man she. Ain't, like inst- like seeing Jerry Jones or nothing like that. Like I just think that just because a, a just because a person is an owner of a team don't mean that they just know all the ins and outs of football and know the ins and outs of like personnel and scouting and all that kind of stuff. And she she has like she has advisors. She has advisors, right? So you hire these individuals. Man, it's almost like like basically what you're doing is like it's like okay. Let's just say you're the president of a corporation, right? A million, a, a billion dollar corporation. Now you might be good at being in a room and talking and promoting your company and stuff like that, but you have secretaries to like check your emails. You got people to do analytics, right? And you having a meeting, like, are you gonna? Are you gonna know more about analytics than a person that that went to school and, and studied this type of stuff? Of course not. You know, it don't make you a bad like you know owner or a bad you know what I'm saying CEO. It's just certain things that you just ain't gonna know, and you have advisors to to tell you these things. Oh, you know, like if you you know the stock market did this, you know, I I, I think that you should you know make this decision. Like it's just the way that it is. You know, Gail Benson, I'm pretty sure, like I said, knows football to a certain extent, but I'm pretty sure she trusts in guys like Dennis Lausha and Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton to say, okay, man, we need this guy right here. Like, he, he's a special player. Um, I think that we need to get him because he has so many yards, so many touchdowns. He fits this, you know, what we're trying to do here. Okay, get him. Like, what's she going to sit up here? Nah, I don't think so. Like, I don't think. I think that's very rare if that happens. Uh, let's see. Um, Ogilberson, uh doesn't uh, become the next Georgie uh, from uh, the St. Louis. Um, I, I, man, I don't know exactly what that means. I ain't going to lie to you. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know what you were trying to say there. I apologize. Uh, hopefully Ingram uh, can come back in the last game or two and give us a better send-off. Uh, that the running out of bounds before crossing the first down marker. Uh, don't see uh, don't see him back next year. Well, I think he's done. Um, I think he's done completely. Uh, to be honest with you, like thirty some odd years old, been dealing with injuries. Um, I don't th- I don't think a team might resign him. But the good thing about Mark Ingram is like. To me, Mark Ingram probably gonna end up like being on college game day, like RG three or something like that. Like I, I, I think he's probably gonna end up being that, uh, you know, probably working in a media in some capacity. But um, look, they're running out of bounds. To me, it, it's not an indictment on Mark Ingram as a player uh, for the Saints. In my opinion, uh, I always liked Mark Ingram. Uh, I, I think that when he came in as a first round pick, former Heisman Trophy winner, of course you're gonna have a lot of pressures on you and did he live up to those expectations the first couple of years? No, he did not. Um, but uh, towards the latter end of his Saints uh, 
career the first go round. I mean, he established himself as one of the best Saints running backs uh, that they had. Um, so, you know, he may not been everybody's acquired taste, uh, but to me, like, I'll always like Mark Ingram. I think he ran hard. I think he was a, a really good teammate. Everybody loved him. Um, I don't think that he phony of fate. You know, I think that his personality is real and genuine. And um, you need people like that on your team. So I know he ran out of bounds and people won't knock him for that. But, I mean, Mark Ingram has uh, given us more positive moments to me than negative. You know, as he's given us negative moments. But for the most part, I mean, I can remember, you know, Mark Ingram always bouncing back, fighting hard. Like if he fumble one week or have a bad game, he'll come back the next week run for over 100 yards and run as hard and, and as physical as he can. So, I mean, I'm not going to let one instance, like, just completely poo-poo this dude's entire career. Uh, off topic, Mike Leach passing shock me dude was only 61. Yeah, man, rest in peace to Mike Leach. Um, they used to call him the mad scientist. Uh, you know, I'll I never forget that game, um, you know, with Texas Tech. Uh <laughs> I want to say they played against Texas and um, they end up getting that upset. You know, Michael Crabtree breaking away from the defender and, uh, you know, everybody storming uh, the field in Lubbock, Texas. Um, you know, Mike Leach was a really good coach. Now, some people, you know, they got their issues with him about his affiliations politically. And I guess, you know, if you vote for a certain person or, or have a certain political affiliation, it automatically make you a racist. I don't know um i i ain't know i don't know what he said i don't know if i don't know what he did but all i know is um when people start talking about you know coaches and and <laughs> being racist and you know then but you coaching a sport that's predominantly african-american and I, I i don't know i don't know man i just feel like some people just jump to conclusions you know all this fake outrage and I'm mad that this this dude and he did this in 1825 and we need to hold him accountable and uh, I don't know I'm, I I don't know all I know is Mike I, I don't I don't get into all that kind of stuff because I always ask myself this I'm I'm just I'm just I'm just keeping it 100 folks this is how I do it am I gonna care about it tomorrow? And if I if the answer is no, then I'm not gonna sit up here and act like I'm I'm just complete Lowry. I don't have to fake it to make it for absolutely nobody. Um, I don't have to be ultra militant. I don't have to be sitting up here acting like you know what I'm saying I'm I'm for the brother man and not the other man and all that kind of stuff. There, like my track record speaks for itself. I have absolutely nothing to prove. I don't have to sit up here and tweet outrage and you know what I'm saying and wear my blackness on my sleeve all the time like some people do. Like, I just feel like you don't know the dude like that. And I think the dude was a hell of a coach. You know what I'm saying? He was an offensive innovator and uh, he was a great soundbite. So rest in peace to him. You know, I, I can't, I, I'm not going to sit up here and pre like, like people want to, like people just want to find something to be mad about. Like, it, I don't know. People want to get mad at everything. And like, I guess they want to, you know, I, I want to show everybody I'm so socially conscious and aware and woke and like, man, ain't put a dime towards no type of social justice initiative. Don't do anything besides tweet and just call out other people for their shortcomings. But I digress.
Ingram is a Saints Hall of Famer. Yeah, of course he is. Of course he is. I swear, Nestle, uh, he was my neighbor for a while in Starkville, Mississippi, was a nice guy to me and my son. Well, that's good to hear, Aaron. Uh, 2023 is probably the last year we can go without blowing the team up and starting over, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you need to start working on it uh, going into the offseason. It can't stay the same way. Ingram needs to retire. I'm not in I'm not in a position to say what well, a man needs to retire or not, but I've just looked at his injury history, his age, and some of the production that happened this year. It's gonna probably be very unlikely that somebody's gonna end up trying to re-sign him. You know, um, they probably want to go with a, a younger bull. Uh Jason Brown said uh says facts. Uh who your MVP, TJ? Uh my MVP, I have to say Jalen Hurts. Best uh best team, best record, putting up really good numbers. Got AJ Brown um looking like an all pro. Um got maximizing all his weapons. I, I gotta go with Jalen Hurts. I go with Jalen Hurts. Nobody wants uh Winston, Dalton, Ingram, Honey Badger, PJ Williams, uh Shy Tuttle, uh Call Away, Traquan, Pete, Dennis Allen, Carmichael, but us. Yeah, look, I I don't look. I disagree that nobody wants these guys. Um, there's always going to be a place for, you know, some of these guys like Shy Tuttle. They, they, I mean, you're you going to find a you can find a place for a guy who's like what a one into his fifth year interior lineman. He can do he can do some good things. Uh, you know, Mark Ingram that might be a little bit of a stretch. Uh, Honey Badger, I don't think that he has enough bad equity to a point where people just look at him like he just totally washed because. People still voting for him, you know, in record numbers to make the Pro Bowl as as mediocre as he's been all season long. Uh, Traquan, you can find a play for him on somebody's team. He'll, he'll end up on somebody's squad. Uh, Andrews Pete, he'll end up on somebody's squad. Dennis Allen, of course, as a coordinator. And Pete Carmichael as offensive coordinator. So he, these guys can find places. It's just bad right now, Debo, and I get it, man. Like when we – are, are going through things and things are just bad we, we we just feel like i mean it's just horrible and even like the smallest situations seem like they amplify but they got places for those guys uh thoughts on levis the quarterback from kentucky um i don't really have an opinion about him i, I don't um some people like him some people don't um but i mean look He's done enough, and he shows you enough that he deserves to have opportunity to be a, a quarterback in the National Football League. Now, do I think that he's a franchise quarterback? Not anything I've seen. Uh, do I think that in the right situation you can win with him? Yeah, yeah. No, he, he's not. He's not knocking my socks off with his quarterback talent. I mean, I've seen better, but I'm pretty sure he'll be a starter one day in the league. Uh. I would be happy watching a rebuild for a couple of years. This Dalton DA team is horrible. Yeah, I think that a lot of people wouldn't mind seeing that. Uh, as long as, you know, the team continues to fight and play hard, I don't, I don't think people have a problem with it. But I, I definitely have a problem if you continue to maintain this foolishness. I'm talking about trying to keep these same players, not trying to get fast on defense, not trying to be – uh quicker and more innovative on offense you know that's when i have a problem how the hell uh he getting pro bowl votes because who of who he is you know 
man, come on, man. F football is always about built up capital. You know, and some people like, it's like, what have you done for me lately? Nah, not all the time. When a guy has established himself as one of the best in the league, like he's still going to be respected among his peers, no matter if he has a down year or not. I guarantee if you do the NFL top 100 next year, he's still going to be on that list. Like I guarantee like he might be in the, the 90s, but he's still going to be on that list. Man, uh, what the Mario Davis got to do to get in the Pro Bowl? Um, I don't know. Well, this year, you know, I, I like the Mario Davis, but those those young linebackers played, you know, played a little bit better. You know, like P. Warner was playing out of his mind, and then you have K. Nellis. I mean, he he's been stepping up, and honestly, like the Mario still was, you know, been playing well, but though that production of those young linebackers kind of overshadowed him and throughout the years we know that they ain't really been looking at demario davis as you know a top linebacker because they're always trying to focus on bobby wagner they was always trying to focus on roquan smith so maybe this year he'll probably get the recognition that he deserves because he, he's more of a mainstay you have bobby wagner who goes to the rams and roquan leaves the nfc goes to the afc with the baltimore ravens so maybe by the process of elimination and him being a mainstay in the NFC, he'll probably start getting the respect that he deserves. Oh, I want to keep him. People sleeping on Mike. Injuries happen. Look, I have no problem with Michael Thomas. If the Saints retain him and bring him back, I still wouldn't have no problem with it. But I do feel like if you're going to do that, um, first off, you know, no disrespect to Jarvis Landry, but uh, I would move on from him and I would replace him with a young wide receiver like a guy in the draft. Okay, I try to I would try to draft a wide receiver and, you know, and. You know, and I won't say the I say. If, I'll put it like this, if the Saints was to draft a wide receiver in the second round, I wouldn't be mad because I, I still feel like, you know, you got Chris Olave and he does some really good things. But if you can kind of if you can draft a wide receiver with a build and a skill set kind of similar to that of a Michael Thomas. I wouldn't be mad at that. And I think that's the direction that you need to go in. I know what thing TJ Adebo got uh, to get it together quickly next year because he was horrible. I remember Lockett torched him all game. Well, in the beginning, you know, he was dealing with a high ankle sprain. Um, but I can't I can't justify it like that game in Tampa. Like, I can't. Like, you got to play better. He's a smart guy. Um, so... You know, I, I think he'll get it together. I, I think he will. What about Rashid Shaheed? Not enough talent to develop. Um, look, I think Rashid Shaheed is a really talented guy. Like I, I've been saying this, and I'm gonna continue to say it. He reminds me of a young Antonio Brown. Like, if you go back and you watch Antonio Brown play, like when he first got into the league, you know, he was a, a kick returner and you know, he wasn't the he wasn't as crisp a route runner as he ended up becoming like later on in his in his career. That I mean, Rashid Shaheed reminds me a lot of him. Like seriously, a lot of. Him. And um, you know, I, I like the dude. I think he's talented. I think he's smart. Um, I think that you can, if you get the right offensive coordinators, this dude can be a weapon. Um, you know, I I, I think that um, uh, you know, I, I like I like him. Just restructure my contract and draft another offensive weapon. I'm down with it. Yeah. 
I like Michael Thomas more than the next man, but he has made more money sitting out three years and looking like damn good. Plus, I think he has beef with the medical team and he gives up on us uh trade him. I don't know. Well, look, um, you gotta be smart about it. Like, we can't just be about just trading him, you know. First off, you gotta think about like who wanna who wants to trade for a guy that hasn't played in almost three years, like consistently. Um, then you also got to take into account, like, how is this going to affect your bottom line? A team that's already been dealing with cap issues already. So you got to be smart about it. You can't just sit up here and just be like, trade Michael Thomas, man. You got to really figure out, like, how is this going to affect the team? Like, once again, like, if we're playing Madden and the salary cap was off, I mean, look, have at it. But you got to be smart with the decisions that you're making. And finally, it says Alave could use at least one more year with Mike. There's a lot he can learn from him uh, still. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that you can learn, of course. I mean, Michael Thomas, when he's healthy, one of the best wide receivers in football. So anytime, like, you can learn something from him, uh, that would be fine. Um, I, I will say this about Michael Thomas. I just wish that he was more present on the sidelines, uh, especially dealing with these young guys. Uh, I understand that he kind of marches to the beat of his own drum. He's a little bit of a loner, but I, I just feel like even though you don't have a C on your chest, people still look at you as, as a respected wide receiver and watching a game on the sidelines, there's some, always something that you can give to a young guy, um, rather is a certain coverage or something that you notice and you can always whisper in his ear, you know, like I just think about a situation like against Tampa, right? You know, Chris Olave drops the ball that clearly could have put the Saints in the red zone. They had to end up punting. I mean, he was in his head. He was frustrated. I mean, who's the Michael Thomas, you know, to pull the dude, put his arm around, be like, hey, man, look, you're going to be able to get, you know what I'm saying? You'll get it next time, man. You know what I'm saying? Stay focused. Stay focused. You know, uh, you know, it, it's just stuff like that. You know, I just think that I, I just wish he was more present on the sidelines. Uh, you know, I just think that will show like true leadership. Not saying that he's not a leader. I'm just saying, like, you know, I think that would benefit a lot of these young guys. Because sometimes, you know, like when it comes to football, if you've been in there long enough, you making the big bucks, guys can kind of look at you as being up here. And if you like just a, you know, I don't call you a lowly rookie, but if you're just starting out and maybe you, know, you basically making a league minimum or, you know, you might be a first round pick, make a little bit more. I mean, Michael Thomas talking to you means something. It it, it, it registers. So. I just wish that he would actually uh, be a little bit more present on the sideline. That's the only knock I have on Michael Thomas as far as uh, things that's been going on. But thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate it. I ask that you hit the like button if you enjoy the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, previous episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. Uh, you can check out the State of the Saints podcast on Facebook.com. You can follow me on Twitter at TJAY jones eight till next time all i gotta say is who that